Becker's Hospital Review is committed to delivering our audience safe access to vital educational opportunities. With this in mind, our 11th annual meeting will be in virtual format for the first time. Whether in the home or workplace, attendees will have access to sessions where industry leaders will be discussing the most pressing issues in healthcare, including the rise of virtual care, addressing clinician burnout, and delivering on-price transparency. To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Allison Rodini, Chief Administrator of the Sports Medicine Institute at Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. Allison, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, before we jump into the questions, could you please tell us a little bit about your background and points of pride at Hospital for Special Surgery? Sure thing. I'll get a little bit of my background. I had a uh, BS in biology from Wake Forest University and went on to get a master's in public health from Tufts University. And while I was working on my master's, I actually worked at the Department of Public Health in Boston for about a year and a half um, until I finished graduate school. And then went on to continue my studies in New York City at the NYU Wagner School. I was working on a PhD and worked as a research assistant looking at healthcare delivery redesign in the public hospital system, which is now the uh, health and hospital system. So I decided instead to get a second master's and, and didn't finish completing my PhD, but I decided to get a fellowship in healthcare administration to give me some practical experience working in a hospital healthcare setting. I had been going on some interviews as my grants were kind of running out, and a few of the people I interviewed with suggested a fellowship might be a good idea in order to gain some more experience. So I applied for and was accepted into the Northwell Administrative Fellowship, which is a year-long fellowship that allows you to rotate through four different positions in the system, giving lots of diverse opportunities to work in a corporate setting, in a community hospital setting, service lines, et cetera. And I was lucky enough that my final rotation in the neuroscience service line turned into my first role as the manager of the epilepsy center at Long Island Jewish Medical Center. Within about six months after taking that position, I was given the opportunity to um, take on the director of neuroscience position for the entire hospital, which involved working with surgeons as well as neurologists and other non-surgical folks. It was a great experience and led me to many other roles at the Northwell system during my tenure there, including director of surgery, where I oversaw the Department of Surgery across two hospitals and a major outpatient physician practice, including a wound care center. And I also ran the LIJ ORs on the business side for about six months. I had a clinical partner and we worked on a lot of different projects trying to streamline the OR flow and work on pit crews so that we could be really efficient in the ORs. And it was just a really great experience. Um, After Northwell, I went down um, to South Nassau Community Hospital, which is now part of the Mount Sinai Health System, and it was a great opportunity to work in a smaller institution, and I worked directly with the C-suite and two chairpersons in women's health and surgery. So I was really able to develop my skills working with physicians, and especially they had a different model. Um, So at South Nassau, many of the physicians were independent practitioners in the community, and they were very loyal to the hospital, but we didn't employ them. So it was really interesting to work with physicians in that model where they were not contracted. And it was really able to grow my strategy skill set and work on strategy and um, physician relationships. So then a few months, uh, sorry, a few years into that position, 
I was uh, offered the opportunity to work at HSS, and that was about six years ago. So HSS was actually looking for administrators who had experience working in service line environment. And so they wanted people who could help run the various orthopedic service lines at HSS. And sports medicine for me ended up being a very natural fit. Um, I'm an avid athlete. I play softball in a women's league in my town. I paddleboard, I run, I play tennis and golf. I've coached my son's baseball team. So being able to kind of work and live a certain lifestyle was really a great opportunity for me. I think my biggest point of pride at HSS is the culture of HSS and the people that I'm proud to call my colleagues. Prior to HSS, I really hadn't worked in a place where the culture was such that people truly banded together and felt like a family. They were all great and they had a wonderful culture. But at HSS, I really look forward to going to work every day. And it's a place where you feel supported so that you can achieve your work and your personal goals. And we all live by the values of excellence, integrity, teamwork, creativity, and passion. And it really results in a culture of leadership by all. We all have, we truly all have leadership. And it was recently shown during the pandemic in the past nine months, every single person every day, you know, gave their all over this really, really trying time and settled for nothing less than excellence. And so I think for me, my biggest point of pride is being able to be such uh, part of such an amazing culture and team. It sounds like you've had an amazing journey throughout your career from some of the internships you've done and all the different places that you've worked to now working at HSS and really being the spot that is perfect for you. What are your top priorities today and how do you see them evolving in the next year? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, professionally, my priorities include continuing to partner with my chiefs at the Sports Medicine Institute to grow the institute in relation to the strategic priorities of HSS. Um, there's so much potential in the world of sports medicine, ranging from prevention to diagnosis, treatment, and then rehab afterward and performance. And although I left the formal research er area uh, years ago, um, a lot of what we do involves research. And I'm actually looking forward to continuing to develop our Sports Medicine Institute research program. Um, my job's really exciting. It's challenging. And I really have the best colleagues to work with. So there's a lot of initiatives that we have that cut across service lines. And it's a great opportunity to partner with other service lines, partner with my colleagues, and really move the entire institution forward working through sports medicine. Personally, um, finding a way to continue to integrate work in my personal life as a wife, as a mother, as a professional is one of my priorities. I remember hearing a female CEO speak at ACHE Congress one year, and there's one thing that she really said that stuck with me, and it was that she didn't like the term work-life balance. She preferred the term work-life integration. And it's actually really true. I don't always like it, but some days I'm a better mom. And some days I'm a better executive. And some days I'm a better team player. Some days I'm a better wife. And I try to make sure that I'm working towards growing both professionally and personally and finding a way to integrate all of those things together. Sometimes there's a little more push and a little more pull. Um, but as my kids are entering middle school, and I also have a stepdaughter who's about to graduate high school and enter college, their needs are really different from now. Um, they're different now than when I was actually starting my career. So I'm also trying to really hard, sorry, really hard to make sure that I make the time to do the things I really enjoy and take some time off as well. Um, one thing I have learned is we can't be good leaders if we aren't rested, both physically and mentally. That's a great point. I really appreciate you integrating both of that personal and professional goals and how you try to make sure that you're integrating all of those things into your life as a whole person. What are you excited about today and, and for the future? 
I'm really excited about not only the growth of the Sports Medicine Institute at HSS and the hospital itself, but the recovery of, you know, not only my institution, but the industry in general post-pandemic. I think the past year has really allowed many new leaders to emerge, many new ideas to surface, and I'm excited to work with my team and give them new opportunities and challenges to help them develop their own careers during the next couple of years. I think that staff development is crucial, and you have to have a really good team working with you in order to move forward. Um, I'm excited to take on some of those new challenges and also new volunteer opportunities. I have been a member of the Board of Healthcare Leaders of New York, which is the largest chapter of the American College of Healthcare Executives, and I, this is my first year actually off the board. I was president, immediate past president, and now I'm done. And now that I have some more of that free time, I'm really looking to do some other different volunteer opportunities. One of them is working with my alma mater, which is Wake Forest University, and I speak to and mentor some of their undergraduates. I was doing it in person a few years ago, and we've been doing some of it remotely now just because of the pandemic. And I've focused really on students in exercise physiology, biology, chemistry, those that may want to consider a career in healthcare, but really aren't sure if they want to go to the clinical arena or if they'd want to do something more like what I do. I hired one young man a couple of years ago as a research assistant. Um, he gave me two years and we just found out he was accepted to medical school. So we're really excited for him. And I get a lot of energy out of working with students and young healthcare executives. So hopefully they get some good stuff out of working with me and, and some of the things that we're, we're trying to uh, advice that we're giving them. But they also bring a lot of fresh new ideas and perspectives that I try to incorporate into the work that I'm doing. That's fantastic and, and really an inspiring way to think about how you're doing and how you're mentoring the next generation of leaders within your facility as well as within the industry. Can you share three pieces of advice that you have for aspiring leaders today? Yes. So one thing that my mentor has taught me, and it served me really well in my career, is always know what tools you have in your tool belt and what tools you might need. So you should know what skill sets, and we call them tools, that you, you know how to use well and which ones may need a little bit of sharpening. So you always want to look for projects or positions that will allow you to show off your skills with the tools that you're good at using, enhance the, the tools and the skills you know, that you may want to grow, and maybe even give you an opportunity to add some new ones to your belt and, and some practice. So for me personally, when I started my career, although I was working technically in an outpatient setting, it was physically located within the hospital. And when I was presented with an opportunity to actually work as part of my role outside of the hospital in a true outpatient setting, I jumped at the opportunity because I hadn't had that, that skill set and that tool in my tool belt. And by taking on that role, I was really able to grow um, as a healthcare executive, as a leader, and really learn the operations of a true outpatient practice that isn't directly supported by and within the hospital structure. Another piece of advice is that I would say is never say no to a project with the caveat, as long as you have bandwidth. Try and stretch new assignments that will expose you to skills that you may not have known you had, along with exposing you to people that you may not have known are really important for developing your career and your network, which I'll get to later. Um, people will eventually begin to know you as someone to go to when things need to get done. And if you aren't exactly sure how to do this new assignment or stretch project, always ask a lot of questions. And if you have a problem, try to go to your boss or mentor with a proposed solution. So don't just come to them and say, oh, I don't know how to do this and ask them the question. See if you can come up with some solutions and that'll also help shape and guide that conversation. And we'll show that you've put a lot of good thought and prompt a good discussion. And then finally, network, network, network. I can't say it enough. 
Um, I've actually gotten all of my jobs after my first role through my personal network that I've created. Um, my network has helped me find educational opportunities. It has helped me attain my FACHE credential. Um, it's gotten me some exciting projects and even volunteer opportunities, both in the healthcare arena and in my community. And fun things to do in my downtime. Um, if I didn't have a certain network, I wouldn't have been connected to my softball teammates and been playing softball um, during the summertime for the last five years. So networking is just so important. You never know who you're going to meet. And when you are trying to network, you should always have a really short elevator speech ready about who you are, what you're doing, and where you want to go. So speaking of where you want to go, it's kind of a fourth piece of advice. But you should always know where you want to go. So you should always have some sort of a goal in mind, whether it's in your career life or your personal life. And you should know that the road's never going to be a straight path. It's going to curve. It's going to go right. It's going to go left. It's going to take twists and turns and some detours. But you'll never be able to reach your goals if you don't have one. So if you have that goal, trust me, you will definitely get there. Allison, thank you so much for sharing that advice with us and especially the bonus advice. I really appreciate that in terms of visualizing and knowing where you want to go and understanding that it might not be a straight path to get there, but you'll definitely get there if you've got that vision in mind. I really appreciate you uh, joining us for the podcast today and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Sounds good. Same here. I really appreciate the opportunity.